Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. I grew up in the hill country. I grew up in the mountains, and so I'm partial to them. Let me just say that. And if I had to choose one of the Old Testament prophets and say I can identify with him, I think it would be the prophet Amos. We've come in our journey through Scripture to this interesting little book called Amos. Who was Amos? Well, Amos was from a place called Tekoa. That was wild country. It was the wilderness of Judea, the same wilderness where David watched his flocks 300 years previous. And that's interesting, but in this wild country... Uh, This man named Amos was not a preacher. He was not trained in the school of the prophets. He was just a regular, ordinary fella. In fact, the Bible says that he was a herdsman. Uh, This is a man who was a a farmer or a rancher, if you will. It was a man that was keeping flocks and herds. I imagine him as a man's man, a a tough mountain-type man, maybe a little rough around the edges. Isn't it wonderful that God uses all different kinds of people? from so many different places. He'll use anybody that will yield to him and obey him. Well, Amos was such a man. He was a native of Judah, but he prophesies in Israel, so he becomes a foreign missionary, essentially. His name means burden, and he was burdened. And what was his burden? It's interesting, but so many of these prophets, they're, they're literally preaching right on the edge of their judgment, but not Amos. No, Amos was sent with a message He preached for about 10 years, and the period of time in which he preaches to Israel was Israel's zenith. I mean, they're in the midst of power. They're in the midst of prosperity and popularity. Life is good. As a matter of fact, it'll be another 30 years before judgment comes. May I say that oftentimes it's in our fullness where we most forget God. And sometimes we wait too late, and God early on sends us messages of mercy. It's in moments of prosperity that we most need to give God our undivided attention. And Israel failed to do that when the preacher Amos came along with God's message. I want to read to you one verse from Amos chapter 4 and verse number 12. The Bible says, Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. We've probably heard that phrase at some point. It's repeated in other places in Scripture, prepare to meet thy God. But perhaps you didn't know that that phrase was not reserved for the heathen people. It was actually reserved for the nation of Israel. Now I want you to think on that for just a moment. In the opening two chapters of the book of Amos, there are eight burdens. And God deals with lots of these Palestinian nations. And then he launches into three sermons, a series of sermons in chapters 3 through 6. He gives three 11th hour appeals, Seek ye me and ye shall live, he says. Then he goes into five visions. Then he gives five promises, I wills, things that God says he will do if they repent. But here's what's significant about all of that. In the midst of it all, the emphasis is on God's people. And I want to say to you, oh, may the Holy Spirit drive this home to your heart as He is to my own. God doesn't just judge sin and deal with sin 
wherever he finds it. He does. But he does so especially in his own people. Not including his people, but especially his people. That's why a believer can't sin and get by with it. That's why a Christian can commit some sin. A lost man may go right on and have no thought about it, but a believer is absolutely miserable. God is chastening. God is dealing. Why is that? Because you belong to Him, and He's not going to let you go your own way. And so when God pronounces judgment, it's not just on all these nations surrounding Israel. No, God judges His own people in a special way. You see, they're privileged. May I say to you, unto whom much is given, much is required. There's one vision in the book of Amos that's a good summary of this truth. It's found in chapter 7. Let me just read it to you, verses 7 through 9. The Bible says, Thus he showed me, and behold, the Lord stood upon a wall made by a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. Now, we don't use uh, a plumb line very much anymore, but a builder would understand this. It's a line that would be stretched to make sure things are level and they're straight. It's a measuring rod. And the Lord said unto me, verse 8, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, a plumb line. Then said the Lord, Behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not again pass by them any more. And the high places of Isaac shall be desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Usually you use a plumb line for construction. Here God says, I'm going to use a plumb line, and because you're not going to measure up, I'm going to destroy. I'm not going to build up. I'm going to tear down. Notice the privilege. He says, I'm doing it to my people. Friend, if you're a Christian today, you're a privileged person. You're in the family of God. You cannot sin and get by. Notice the plumb line. What is that? God's holy standard, His perfect standard. For us, that's the very nature and character of God. I believe revealed in God's Word. God's Word is our plumb line. Measure yourself not by someone else, not by how you think you're doing. Measure yourself by the infallible Word of God. And then notice the promise of judgment. He says, I will pass over them no more. There are moments when God passes over, when He gives time to repent, when He lets it alone to see what we will do. But there comes a moment, a deadline, a line crossed, and God says, no more, no more. Friend, the great message of Amos to my heart and to yours is this. Let's not get to that point. Uh, let's not uh, do despite to the grace of God. Paul said, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How are we that are dead to sin to live any longer therein? You see, it's not to live every day turning the grace of God to lasciviousness, saying, well, I can, I can get by with this. God will forgive me. I can get by with this. God will show me mercy. Friend, God's going to chasten you. God's going to deal with you. At some point, judgment, punishment is coming. And so what must we do? We must turn to the Lord we must say to God, I want to be right with you. I love the fact that in this book, when you come to the end of the book, the closing verses of chapter 9, God gives five I wills, positive promises. And it's beautiful. Just as many promises as He gave visions of judgment. Aren't you glad that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound? Well, may I say to you, Amos was not a popular guy. Some have referred to him as the troubler from Tekoa. He was, he was the fellow that came into town and stirred up trouble. But friend, what he was trying to do was stir them up to turn them to the Lord. And if someone or something today is being used by God to reprove you, to stop you, to get your attention, don't, don't spurn that. That's God's mercy. He's trying to speak in soft tones so he doesn't have to speak later in harsh tones. Measure yourself by God's plumb line. Measure yourself by God's holy standard. 
And where you don't measure up, say to the Lord, Lord, I want to be right with you. I love the fact that at the end of the book, God is viewed not just as judge, but as restorer. Friend, He will deal with your sin, but He doesn't just want to bring the consequences and chastening. He wants to restore you. He wants you to be everything that He saved you and called you to be. Listen to this country preacher today. Listen to this troubler from Tekoa. Listen to the message of Amos and turn to the Lord. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.